Thank you, honey. Praise God. Hallelujah. Today, I uh, was really not excited about it. It's funny, you know, I should be excited anytime, but I felt like the Lord kept pulling my heart in this direction and about warnings, heeding the warning, and, and uh, then being aware. You know, I'm sure you have, anytime you get some kind of a theme, you want to, I want it to be very super positive, you know, heed the warnings. Uh, then I went, be aware and win, you know. Like, so, you know, I want, I want it to be good, but um, what are you aspiring to become? And this is important. And, uh, or what are you becoming? This is kind of an interesting thing. First thing I want to do, though, right now, is I want you to try and imagine with me um, a life of eternal love, everlasting peace, and unspeakable joy. A life where the pull of sin is silent, and in fact, the effects or the very ideal is completely gone, and you're in, in, in a euphoric place of absolute bliss. Would that sound like heaven to you? Can you think of a time when you were completely stress-free, carefree, and totally at peace? Have you ever had that feeling of blissfulness, a feeling that's uh, like a mere, almost like a foretaste of the atmosphere of heaven? Anybody have those kind of things? Let's um, bring that to mind. I have a couple of places. Some of the times, of course, are actually being in the presence of the Lord, where it's just a dramatic sense of Jesus Christ being in the atmosphere, and, uh, and there's this wave of, uh, or breath or uh, tangible, very, very tangible sense of peace I wrote a song, Come Jump in the River, and some of you maybe way back were in that auditorium when the Holy Spirit's power began to flow into the room like a river. You can go back and begin to think of the impact of that. In fact, um, Revelation 22, 1 through 5, and I'm not putting it up, but listen to this. The angel showed me the river of the water of life, brightest crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, and through the middle of the street, of the city also, either side, there was a tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month, and the leaves of the tree were healing to the nations, and no, one longer, no longer were there any, uh, anything accursed, but the throne of the Lamb will be in it, and the servants will worship Him. You know, night will be no more, there'll be no need to, or um, no light of the lamp or sun, but uh, for the Lord will be the light. And he will reign forever. And, you know, we're talking, when I'm going to talk about in a minute about warnings and, and about heeding the Spirit of God in your life, it's important for us to think in terms of where in the world we're going with all of this. In Revelation 21, verse 4, everybody look at this with me. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. You may have pain here on earth, but he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Now, this is heaven. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. I'm heading there. It's a completely different place than here. And it's worth fighting for in your home. It's worth getting that in your life now. Revelation 21, verse 27, look at this. But nothing unclean will enter it. Nothing unclean. Sin's not going to be there. Just imagine that. The pull of sin is absent. Wow. Hallelujah. 
uh, nor any, anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. And so to those of you who've given your lives to Jesus, this is your future I'm talking about. I'm talking about you living in the presence of God forever and ever and ever. Let's just let that settle into your kind of your consciousness for a minute. Let that just brush up against your soul forever and ever and ever. You will not have the pull of sin the, the sense of the world's darkness or any of that. The future actually even starts when the moment when you put your trust in Jesus for him dying for your sins. And here's how it starts. Second Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, would you say this word? He is a new creation. This new creation thing is that what's going on in heaven has come out of heaven and come down and gotten inside of you. That's what's happened. So now you, you, have a, you have a life now that it's borrowed from the future. It's Jesus. It's actually, it's outside of time. You know, God said, Here, here's time and he's outside of time. So it's really not the future. But you know what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to use our terms. And the oldest passed away. And it says it in, both in Revelation. But he's saying it now to you and I. And look, the, the oldest passed away and the new has come. Now you and I know, I know about me when I receive the Lord what was new? What happened? Your spirit came alive inside, right? And you knew that the potential was there that you would not have to be controlled by the life you had before. Is that right? Somebody say, yay, Jesus. He put that hope in you, the hope of glory in you. Romans 6.23 says, see the wages of sin is death. But the free gift, now this is, we're talking about the free gift. The free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. So we get this free gift that comes inside, but we have this other aspect. See, when, you, when, when it says all things are new, what happens, of course, is that that's your spirit. How many of you know that you have a soul, and your soul is going to go quite a ways too, but it's your, more your personality, your mind, will, and emotions, right? How many of you have had a lot of stuff packed up in there? How many of you, you've taken, you, you thought you were doing all right until the Lord touched another thing? Hey, how many, have, you, have you realized that the Lord says, we're going to be refining you from now on? There's going to be another thing later on. I'm going to take that out because it doesn't perfectly represent who I am. Oh, come on. Hallelujah. It doesn't represent who I am. So here's what James 1.15, it's kind of scary. It says this, the desire, when it's conceived, it, it, births, it gives birth to sin. And then sin, when it's fully grown, brings forth death. So we have this dynamic inside of us that you can go one way or the other. You can go, one, you can go toward the Lord's way. Now, unfortunately, be, you know, before we're alive in Christ, we're bound in our sins. And that, you know... Basically, sin is simply often, often sin is more like a, an illegitimate way to try to meet a legitimate need. You know, you reach for something because you have some area of need in your soul and you go for something in the world to try to solve that. How many of you here? Yeah. I'm not going to, look, I'm not one of those preachers that starts naming sins. Now, we're going to get to that a little bit because there's a passage that talks about that, and that's going to come toward the end. But I want to talk about us knowing that there's a war going on, and summer's coming, 
and you can let down your guard, and you can end up somewhere you don't want to be. Apparently, this is what the Lord's wanting me to speak to today, because there's a continual warfare against those um, who walk with Christ. Here, 1 Peter 2.11, even Peter, come on, Peter, Peter knew all about this. And Peter writes in 1 Peter, he says, Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to what? Abstain. What? Abstain from what? From the passions of the flesh. To abstain from the passions of the flesh. Then what's he say? What is it? Which what? They wage, they war, they wage war against your soul. There are things that happen that you open the door to. Now Galatians 6, 8 says, for the one who sows to his flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will reap from the Spirit eternal life. How many of you have really enjoyed reaping eternal life stuff? How many of you have sown and realized, oh God, I got to kill those seeds. I got to pull this stuff up. Oh my, help me, Jesus. Are we all human here? R.C. Sproul explains it like this, if ever there is a genuine paradox to be found in Holy Writ, it is at the point of freedom and bondage. The paradox is this, when one seeks to rebel from God, he gains only bondage. When he becomes a slave to God, he becomes free. Liberty is found in obedience. Can we read that again? When one seeks to rebel from God, he gains only bondage. When he becomes a slave to God, he becomes free. Liberty is found in obedience. I feel like we could just say, declare that to our hearts. And then you'll go, wait a minute, what was that I was looking for that was something else I thought was going to meet my need when it leaves me dead inside and brings death to my life when I go hunting for my needs to be met on my terms instead of obeying the Lord? Because when you, see, you become something. You become something by being the Lord's, by responding to the Holy Spirit, by He's going to develop you. There's always going to be a development of who Jesus is to express through your life. How many of you need some help on that just recently? Is this a good theme to be on for a minute? The Anglican poet John Donne understood this when he wrote in a sonnet, Except you enthrall me, never shall I be free. Now that's worth it right there. Except you enthrall. How many of you, how many of you have discovered when you fall in love with the Lord more, you want to please him more, right? And the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. <laughs> Enthralled. To be, to, be, to be absolutely taken with. <gasps> oh, I'm enthralled. To be your heart, boom, boom, boom. <clears throat> oh, I love Jesus Christ. So much. I'm enthralled with him. That's freedom. That's freedom. Now, 1 Corinthians 10 verse 11 says, Now these things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings. Everybody say warnings. 
for us on whom the culmination of the ages has come. So everything in the past in the scripture I mentioned last week, you know, there's usually kind of two categories. There's the examples that you want to follow and there's the warnings that you don't want to follow. And I kind of threw out the idea, if your life was put in a book, would it be an example to follow <laughs> or a warning? <laughs> would it be some, don't do what he did, don't do what she did? How many of you have pieces of your life? Aren't you glad God restores you in the midst of your wayward things, you know? Aren't you happy? Come on. Oh, my gosh. I heard uh, somebody say years ago, it's your ball, it's your bat. You keep swinging until you get a home run. The Lord says, you keep putting it out. Keep making the effort. Keep ma- I'm gonna, you're going to learn. How many of you, you, you have things cycle around and you just don't work and then you break through? Dear Lord, the Lord knows, he knows, he knows, he knows, he knows the, the, the waywardness of our soul. Let's just praise the Lord right now. Thank you, Lord. You, lo- you know us, you know us, you love us. Oh, hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. So here's an example. Here's a guy that did a lot of stuff right. Here's a guy that did some stuff wrong. This is King David, 2 Samuel 11, verse 1. This is the New King James Version. It happened. Everybody say, It happened. It happened in the spring. It happened. What happened? It happened. Let me just ask you, have you had something that happened and it wasn't good? It happened. We're going to look at this it that happened. It happened. It happened in the spring at the time when kings go out to battle. Okay, everybody, it's warfare. You and I, we go to battle. How many of you wake up realizing I'm in a war? I'm in a war. How I many of when you, when you forget about it, you end up in trouble? Okay, D- David did that. David sent Joab and his servants with him and all of Israel, and they destroyed the people of Ammon and besieged Reba. But what's this? David remained in Jerusalem. Does anybody here, for this little Bible class, what happened when he remained in Jerusalem? Bad things that What happened? Okay, he, he did not go to war. Now, what happened after that? So, he, 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 he didn't go out. He didn't go to war. Look, he didn't, he didn't do the things he was supposed to be doing. The Spirit of God speak to the hearts of everybody in the room. There's something that you're, you and I, I'm going to just go ahead and put up the, the next little point. Casualness leads to casualties. You need to write that down. Somehow get that in your head. Get that. Casualness leads to casualties. Because when it comes to disciplines, let me just go ahead and tell you. Everything affects everything. How many of you have had a discipline where you did a little thing in this area of your life, and then it gave you the confidence to do a little more in another area of your life, and then another little more in another area of your life, and you get, and there's a momentum. How many of you have let something go in an area of your life, and it causes you to let go of something in another area of your life, and it causes you to, hey, everything affects everything. So a casual attitude, David took on a casual attitude, you go to war, I'm not going to go to battle. And everybody here who's a follower of Jesus is called to fight the good fight of faith. And summer's coming, and I want you to be closer to Jesus at the end of this than you were going into it. Sound like a deal? And the Holy Spirit will come and highlight, come and rest on you when you have that idea.
He'll come in and help you. He'll come in and be a blessing, right? And we see the same attitude in Moses in Hebrews 11. It says, well, let's back up on David a second. Let me, let me finish. Let's go back. Sorry. David, David, David. Now, David's later on. He's, he's thinking, you know, he's getting older and he's laying there and he's thinking, I live in a nice house. And God has this little lean-to tabernacle thing that I put up called the Tent of David. I like to build a nice place for God. And the answer was, you can't do it because you've been a man of war. And some theologians weigh in on this and say, it wasn't so much the Bathsheba thing as he set up the death of her husband to cover his tracks. See, we let down in one area, and it snowballed, and he had to cover the lie. He got other people involved, cover that lie. How many of you, before you've been walking firmly in Jesus, had to cover another thing to cover another thing? Anybody know the trail that this can be? And so he says, you're not going to build it. But David had the heart to see the temple built. So he raised all the money for it, drew the, got the designs ready and everything, and then gave that whole process to Solomon. Now, wow. Had a good heart, had to pay a consequence for casualness. A casualty came out of that. Okay, let's look at now, let's look at Moses. I love this uh, attitude toward Mo, that Moses had. And Hebrews, it kind of points it out. Hebrews 11, this will be quick. Hebrews eleven twenty four through 26 says, But by faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Everybody read this with me. Choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. This is a gold mine. This is a gold mine. He chose to be mistreated rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. Then the next verse says, he considered, look at this, read this with me. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. Wow. Now, he didn't do everything right. He didn't do everything. But look at the heart. Just say, I want that. I'm going to live that way. This is the heeding the warning thing. And now we uh, take, so that's the, the, the positive example of looking at Moses and, and taking a win into our own heart, realizing that we can do that. Now I want to look at uh, everybody. Does anybody remember Judas? From the moment that he plants the kiss on Jesus of Nazareth in the Garden of Gethsemane, Judas Iscariot sealed his fate to be remembered as history's most famous traitor. Now, Judas made some money. He got 30 pieces of silver. He should have been happy. He got a fortune. But it was, what was wrong? It was how he got it. Here you go. Ready? It's what he became to get it. What he turned into. What he became what he became, when he realized what he became, he couldn't live with himself anymore. And he got so fed up with himself that he went back to give the money back and they didn't want it. And he threw it. 
And he became something so despicable to his own heart, so mad at himself, that he went out and hung himself. He couldn't reconcile that. Look at this. Verse Luke 6, 16b, Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. Even after trying to give it, a, give it all away, get rid of it, it didn't work. So here's my next little point. The greatest source of unhappiness comes from the inside. The greatest source of unhappiness you'll never ever know comes from the inside of things that you do. How many of you are heeding the warnings? Heeding the warnings. Now, I don't want to be too heavy. You, you came in here, I want to like lighten this up somehow, but it's all heavy stuff. Is that right? Is this good? Somebody help me out here. Are we here? I want you like going, okay, I want to go home now and eat some Oreos or something. Everybody say warfare. Now, I'm going to read this part, and then I'm going to get to a part, but it's in Galatians 5, verse 16. So, Paul, and I had some other, I had some verses in here. I just had to pull them out. I was like, the more I read them, I was like, I can't do all that. But here's the one I can do. But I say, walk by the Spirit. Everybody say, walk by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Say that. You will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit. And the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. And these are opposed to each other. To keep you from doing the things that you want to do. Now, if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. And that was the whole point of the Galatians about this thing where these guys saying, hey, hey, we got a new gospel here. You got you to go and do some circumcision stuff and adding something. He says, no, let anybody who adds anything to what Jesus does be accursed because Jesus has done everything for you. You need to cling to him and let him do the work he does in you, never adding anything to what Jesus can do. All you can do is desire him more. Look at his word. Let him speak to you. Let him develop you. Let him do this, the things he wants to do in your life if you're led by the Spirit. Now, he says, now the works of the flesh. And by the way, he, he says, he, he says uh, I want you to walk by the Spirit. I want you to be led by the Spirit. I want you to have the desires of the Spirit. I want you to, um, to keep in step with the Spirit. There's all this stuff. But then he says, there's these two things. There's desires of the flesh and the works of the flesh. How many of you know? Look, let me look at this. Look at this. The works of the flesh are evident. I am not a... Um, I will read the Bible to you. The Bible teaches us to read the Bible out loud. I'm not going to take each one of these and open them up, but I want to tell you this right now. There are industries in the United States that are built on each of the works of the flesh, and people pay for the works. Here's the works. Sexual immorality. Right at the top, first thing mentioned, it is something that wars against the Spirit of God inside of you. There's a war going on. The flesh and the Spirit of God. Who are you going to choose? Impurity. Number two in, in place. Impure, just impurity. Impurity. How about sensuality? Sensuality. I'll tell you, I, I, you can start naming off TV shows. People, the people pay for sensuality. Idolatry. Sorcery. I mean, you got Cartoons. This stuff is sold. You can go into a library, I mean, a bookstore. Enmity, just mutual hatred, strife. There's all kinds of magazines sold for having strife, jealousies, fits of rage, rivalries. 
You can go viral with this stuff. It's works of the flesh that people want. It appeals to them. And you can, you can make money. Are you here? This is, this is a kind of a good filter to look through. So what in the world am I putting my eyeballs on? Am I like David on the balcony? Am I being casual when I don't need to be casual? And I'll end up as a, ca- a, a casualty. See, these are the, these things in here. Strife, jealousy, fits of rage, rivalries, dissensions. Dear God. The political realm alone. Divisions. Envy. Drunkenness. Orgies. And, these, and things like these. And listen to this. We're talking about heed the warnings. Listen to this. I warn you as I warned you before. I didn't ever see the word warn. It's in there twice. He was with them in person. He said, I warn you as I warned you before. Listen to this. That those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. There's a war going on. Heed the warnings. Now watch this. But the fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit. Everybody say fruit of the Spirit. Now this is what God, this is what God's intention is you and I to become. How many of you have had some of this worked in your life? How many of you are more loving than when you first met Jesus? Are you, hallelujah. Why? Because it's a fruit. It's a result of the Holy Spirit working in your life. How many of you have been standing in a certain line and you feel like, I don't want to stand in this line? And then you realize, um, maybe, then you've learned, you know, Holy Spirit will pray for that guy while you're standing here. And he starts to cultivate. So, are you there? And love begins to manifest. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. All these things that the Holy Spirit develops. For some reason... Paul's writing, and under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he puts these nine words down as a complete work that when these things are manifest in you, you look more like Jesus than you used to. Again, he says, there's no law against these. Could you imagine? You can't be kind around here. We're going to give you a ticket. Thanks for the laughter. Now look at this next verse. Those who belong to, G- to Christ Jesus have, come on, read it with me, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. We're going to end in a second. I got another scripture or two. How many of you have benefited a little bit about this? Now we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to help us in the main, in the kind of this great exchange, how this works with the Lord. First of all, 2 Corinthians 5.21, one of the best verses in the Bible. For our sake, read it aloud with me. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is a masterpiece of work. Here you are making all kinds of bad decisions forever and then the Holy Spirit enters your life 
and you begin to put your trust in who Jesus is and what he's done for you. And suddenly, over a period of time, little sudden moments, there's confronting moments, there's little prodding moments, there's little nudging moments, there's, there's things where you, you begin to think about who he is and how you can express who he is. And there are things inside of you that had, there were appetites for, and you don't have those appetites anymore. They've, they've kind of been taken away from you over a period of time. You've, they've lost their luster. I used to say very jokingly, you know, I'm just not as good a sinner as I used to be. I could used to get my whole heart into it. But now I'm kind of half-hearted about it. It's lost its power. It's lost its appeal. You want that. You want the fact that joy in Jesus Christ far outweighs the things in this earth. Oh, you can have a good piece of something to eat and you go, mmm, isn't that good? But there's things that you tasted in the Lord that far exceed anything that you would ever have. Like a moment when you're talking to somebody and the Holy Spirit enters in through your mouth and speaks revelatory moments, things that the people need. There's nothing like that. Don't that taste good? When your spirit move, is moved upon by God and you end up ministering, say more, I want more of that, I want more of that, I want more of that. Well, here's the, here's the verse that turned my life around. It's actually, that's ver, this verse 13, 14, 12, 13, and 14. He says, I took all my stuff on you, on, from you on me. Now, I want to I ask you to put me on you. Let's declare this out. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Say it again. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. This word put on is clothe. Put on the clothes. Put on the clothes. Clothe yourself. We're told clothe yourself with humility. We're told clothe yourself with Jesus. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And West by God, Virginia, make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Wow. Can somebody say, isn't that amazing? Isn't that a high calling? Isn't that a high calling? You know what it is? He's saying, I want you to live down here just the same way you're going to live up there. I want you to have the atmosphere of heaven in your heart today. I want you to live the freedom that you're going to have completely that you already already paid for. How many of you, as you begin letting go of more and more things along the way, you realize he's setting you up for what it's going to be like? Let's stand together. I want to ask if you would just fill your heart with an appreciation to the Lord right now. Just thank him if you want to pray in the Spirit gently, but just go ahead and begin speaking praises to the Lord. Would you... Just in your heart right now, thank him for what he's done in your life. Lord, we thank you. Just begin to praise him. Begin to articulate to him. Thank you, Lord, for saving me from myself. Now, we're going to prophesy over the season ahead. We're going to say, Lord, I want to be closer to you through these days. 
I want to be closer to you and not far away from you. I want to be closer to you. Just tell him, I want to be closer to you. I'm going to do things, make adjustments in my schedule, in my mind, in my life. I want to walk with you. I want to be led by you. I want to have the fruit of the Spirit developed in me. I want to be more of what you want me to be. I want to be more. I thought the joy comes from that. Peace comes from that. Love comes from that. I want to enjoy the relationship with Jesus. Let's go ahead and praise him now. Praise him again. Praise him again. There's a heaviness leaving somebody. I can tell right now you're not going to walk the way you did before. That's coming off. You don't have to have that. The Lord says, I want to I bless you. I want to cause you to know that your effort is worthwhile. And you are putting on Christ Jesus today. And you're making no provision. There's some of you. There's a point. There's, there's all of us go through points of change and points of sadness and points of... Uh, grief over something that has been just uh, a revisiting problem. But the Lord says today, 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 you're putting on Jesus. And his heart, his, his love, his, his work of his spirit is going to manifest something of freedom in you right now. Honey, go ahead. As I was sitting there, I felt the Holy Spirit say that if you are in a tempting situation where your flesh, you feel yourself coming out of the spirit and literally out of control and you just feel that way when you put on Jesus when you put on him you have to do when you put on a piece of clothing clothe yourself you have to put your arms up I'm telling you I have done this before the minute you put your hands straight up and say praise you That temptation, that desire, that thing that's just bugging you, turning on you, is gone in Jesus' name. Now, you might have to stand there for a minute and do that, but you all know how to do that because you're, you've been raised in this house. And if you've been here any length of time, this is a weapon, loved one. Praise is a weapon. And the higher you go, the greater the surrender, the greater his power comes upon you. And then your authority spoken out of your mouth. That's your authority because you're born again. In the name of Jesus, Satan, back off me. In Jesus' name, flesh, shut up. Get in alignment with the Holy Spirit. This is not who I am. That's the war, loved one. And if you think you're going to, I hate to just break the news to you, if you think you're just going to casually cruise through this, then you're coming to the wrong church. Because this, we're here to train you to, to live victoriously. So do it. It's not difficult. Yes, hallelujah. 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 Was that difficult? Not really. But if you don't do it, you haven't put on Jesus Christ. You're now floundering in the flesh or potentially, you know, a step away. From, from uh, doing something that's now going to take me and Pastor to help you get out. 
which we don't mind doing because we've all stepped in places at times where, how did I get here? Oh God, how did I get here? And we're always here for that. But I can't be with you and pastor can't be with you at midnight in your bed when fear is over the territory and you feel this thing on you and you don't even know what it is and all of a sudden you're shaking and in fear about something or you're troubled inside no you sit up in bed and you put your hands up and you say praise you lord i love you i don't know what this is but you're in charge of my life sorry i don't know how much of that was the lord or part of the oh it's all good those are amen 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 those pray come on down front if if there is an area where you need some agreeing prayer we're going to open for that now and i'm very grateful for uh, what the holy spirit i didn't want to do this message but he i think the lord said no you did all right all right i think we made it thank you jesus you're going to win every single battle every single one